0: Happy Holidays, everyone! Happy
1: Holidays, y'all!
0: This is exciting because our episode is... Wow, well, that music just abruptly stopped. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> well, I don't know how to um, fade it out. So our episode's actually... On the holiday, on, yeah. that, on an actual holiday. Yeah,
1: this episode um, is coming out December 25th, so Christmas Day.
0: Yeah, so I know we're looking forward to spending the days with our family. Yes. Um, we're going to be in Oklahoma. So when you're hearing this, we're in Oklahoma. Yes. Um, and we're actually doing a really exciting podcast thing while we're in Oklahoma. We so, are. We are. Um, just wait until the new year to check that out. That's going to be a fun
1: episode.
0: It will be. Uh, But yeah, no, I'm
1: excited. This will actually be the first um, holiday season that I've, like, spent with family in three
0: years? Something like that. It's been a long time after you deserted the family for that time.
1: I I moved to Seattle and (laughs) was too poor to come visit, but okay.
0: No, fair. It's going to be so much fun, and I hope everyone is having happy holidays with you know, whatever whatever your traditions normally are, mm-hmm. and you know, spending time with friends, family, or it, you know, whatever,
1: or wine, or all of the above, which all is of the like above. my plan. That's what for, I'm doing. Uh, but yeah, no, it's gonna be really good. So I am someone i I don't take this the wrong way. I do like the holidays. I like winter, right? But holidays always make me so. Holidays are depressing, I think the you holiday think so? season it yeah. can
0: be it can be, which you know, like that fits in well with this episode,
1: yeah, being alone and then the whole oh, I don't know. I feel like everyone gets so stressed out during the holidays, and it it makes things not fun, you know, yeah, can...
0: well, and it's so true. People get really stressed out, and I think that people should just chill like I know. it's one of those things that it's more about the giving and not mm-hmm. what you're giving. It's more about spending time with people and not making it, like, be this perfect production. Yeah. It's... Yes. People get carried away. People get really stressed. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know all of the bad stuff, all the ratings go up during the holidays. Yeah. Like, no. whether it's suicides, depressions, probably murders. Yeah. So maybe that was a stat we should have looked up, but we didn't. No, oh,
1: probably. But... No, I mean, but... I don't want to get wrong. I'm very excited to be seeing family and to finally be spending holidays with everyone. But yeah, I don't know. Holidays are depressing.
0: They are. And <laughs> if you are someone that, you know, this time of the year is depressing, talk to someone.
1: Absolutely. Like, don't keep
0: that inside. Just let it, you know, start a conversation. Go see mm-hmm. see a therapist. Um,
1: Reach out to a trusted friend. Yeah. Um, yeah. You
0: know, if the holidays tend to get you down, don't let that happen again this year. You know, take um, care of yourself. Take care of yourself, talk to someone.
1: This is a depressing beginning to our holiday episode. But I mean it's, it's real. It's, it's
0: real. This is real <laughs> so, life. Real life is depressing.
1: Yeah Yeah. Well, yeah.
0: Speaking of real life, <laughs> what did you guys think of our interview last week with Detective yes. Moran? Um, um that was we... That was
1: insane to film. I uh so little bit of a behind the scenes stuff, uh, working with Jackie and Gloria for cold Valley. We, we had a good back and forth and worked with them for about a month.
0: Yes. Uh, we prior did Prior
1: to the interview for this one, they reached out and we got everything set up and did the interview. It's like in a two like,
0: week turnaround.
1: Yeah, it was, it was very so quick. so quick. And it was like, I, I don't know. I don't think y'all could tell. I mean, maybe you could but um, like we didn't have time to get nervous no for that interview no nope. because um, I mean I'm someone who in speaking with these experts who've done so much and who are just every day having such an impact on these families of the victims and yeah it, it is very humbling and I get nervous but we're about to interview them but same <laughs> So. I
0: mean, same. But anyway, that, again, the fact that we've now focused on John Wayne Gacy in two episodes mm. is enough, Gacy. Uh, but we hope you guys enjoyed the Deadly Legacy special. It was phenomenal. The third episode just premiered a couple of days ago. Um, so be sure to go to the ID.Go app and check it out if you haven't. Mm-hmm. But anyway, well, um, honestly, we haven't started any new shows. Actually, no. that is a lie. So... Oh. We're we're recording this a little ahead of time, but The Innocent Man just came out um, a little bit ago on Netflix, and that's a show that's about uh, a man who was, oh, okay, I I just started like the first half of the first episode, but it's based on a John Grisham book, and it's his Mm -hmm. only true crime book that he's ever written, because he writes fiction. Oh, it's the one
1: from Ada.
0: Yeah, it's the it's the murders from Ada where there were people in Oklahoma. That, in Oklahoma where people were innocently jailed and I'm just I don't know anything about the case mm-hmm. cases there's multiple cases. I don't know anything about it yet. Um just getting started with mm-hmm. it like I said it just came out a, a bit ago. We'll let y'all know how how that turns mm-hmm. out. I feel like I'll have binged some of it at least by the next episode, but see we I love it.
1: We may have talked about this before. I have a strong feeling we did, but I'm going to talk about it again. It's shit like that that I'm like, no, I will never live in a small town. I'm not not okay with that small town politics, and also uh, part of my view on it is a little tainted by the Stephen King book Under the Dome, which oh, is yeah. so good. Yeah. But the small town like uh, politics that thing they- takes a whole like fucking crazy turn. Yeah. It's a really good book. It's also like thirty five thousand pages. So beware. It's not. It's like 700.
0: But it's a long long book. It's a long book. It's Um, a long book. But
1: yeah. So I haven't watched Innocent Man yet. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. I want to.
0: Yeah. And another thing that Netflix is coming out with that this was just announced. Yes. They're doing a four-part series on Ted Bundy that's coming out at the end of January. I think like the 25th or Mm -hmm. something like that. 24th, 25th. So I'm obviously super excited about that one. There are... Apparently, a couple of interviews with Bunny that have never been aired before, so it has some new content. So I'm looking forward to it a lot. Yeah. Also, one of the things that I wish was around when I was doing my TED Bunny research because it's there. There are so many different documentaries and things Mm -hmm. written on TED Bunny that I had a hard time determining what to watch, what to read. You know, what's the best? Absolutely. Um, All in all, it. I, I think I found I. Ton of information, as y'all remember from the epic long ep- episode. Yeah. But anyway, really looking forward to that show. Netflix mm-hmm. is just, you know, they know true crime is on the rise. Yeah. As a, oh, well, the way that came out made I it mean, sound. Yeah. But you know what I'm saying. The the guys, the people, the violent crime
1: rate has been dropping steadily since the 70s. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise because they're wrong. Things yes. are safer now than ever before, but that's a tangent I don't want to get on.
0: No, let's not get on that tangent. Uh, no, the the interest in true crime is yeah. on the rise right now, and Netflix is doing just an awesome job with rolling out some mm-hmm. phenomenal documentaries highlighting cases like the Innocent Man that aren't necessarily as well known. Because mm-hmm. um, even living in Oklahoma, I had never heard of that one.
1: No, and Ada's two hours away. Yeah, I mean, something it's not like that. far.
0: No, um, nowhere in Oklahoma is very far.
1: No, ugh, except for it like driving from, like, the Arkansas side to the Texas, going to the Panhandle, Texas side, that drives, like, five hours long. Yeah, okay, that's pretty That drives gross. Yeah. I mean.
0: Flat nothingness.
1: Sorry, Oklahoma. (laughs) Gross drive. But, um, no, other... See, I don't know how you have time to watch and find all these true crime documentaries. I... I don't sleep. I... I, that's kind of what I'm getting <laughs> from this because I can't remember the last thing I watched on Netflix. Really? I mean, other than, like, I'll, I'll go back and watch repeat episodes of Grey's when I'm, like, in bed, or yeah. if I'm, like, chilling with a glass of wine but don't want to really pay attention. I'll do that, but, like, the last new thing... I still haven't watched Making a Murderer the second season.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, there's... God, there's so many things I have not yet watched, and... Too many damn options.
0: Too many options.
1: And not not to sound ungrateful. I love all the options.
0: Yes, all the options are wonderful. I've but. also spent time watching all the Christmas movies as well on Netflix because I do that every year.
1: I, I know. Them. I so I don't like movies. We've established this. It's it's a thing. Yeah. I especially hate holiday movies. The only one You're I the like,
0: fucking Grinch, dude. I
1: know. The only one I like. Is um, last holiday with Queen Latifah, but that's not really a holiday movie because no, it's I, more so
0: like last holidays in like her last trip,
1: yeah. Well, I, I feel like it happens over it, like I Christmas or something, it's a great but one, it's a it's so good, um, but I don't want to watch holiday movies, like, I'm I'm good, yeah, it's all like, oh, the. The poor girl meets the rich guy and he buys her a gift. And then something happens and they fight. But they get together and it's Christmas.
0: Well, stop shitting all over them. I will I love shit all over them. Christmas movies, Hallmark movies, like they're so good, they're joyful. And you know what? It's fine. I think it's time to jump into our topic. I think, I think this it is, is a good though. transition. I think into it is. It. We are obviously, this episode is releasing on Christmas. So we're doing a Christmas themed episode. Mm-hmm. And. As we did talk about earlier, Christmas is sometimes a part of the year that's difficult for people, and sometimes it turns into murder. Uh, yeah. And, you know, when you have all of your family together, things can get heated quickly, and sometimes it escalates in very, very unfortunate ways. That is true. So, we did the Christmas theme. However, I I will go ahead and... Do
1: you think our whole family's gonna listen to this episode... You know, <laughs> right before we do our big family Christmas <laughs> gathering the weekend after Christmas. Be um, like,
0: potentially on the drive down. You're
1: yeah, <laughs> like, we get there and like, hmm, so, murder when the whole family's together. Thoughts?
0: And you're like, when are we going to the liquor store? Generally helps uh, yeah. subside the murder feelings. Uh, just kidding. I don't want to
1: murder anyone. <laughs> no. <laughs> I hope no one wants to murder me either.
0: <laughs> no. Uh, but no, what I was going to say is just to put it out there, I know one of the most known christmas murders yes. is the job ramsey case yes we want to do that one
1: we will be doing this it. episode <laughs> um i want to do that one in the next I thought it was too obvious yeah well it was too obvious and that case is so big i want we have ideas we're of doing some kind of i don't know feature episode over that case or something but Yeah. Don't worry. We will be doing that one.
0: Yes, we will absolutely do it, but not today. Um, And before we get into the murders that we did pick, will you tell our listeners what we're drinking today?
1: Yes. So, because... Oh, I
0: just sounded like I was on a cooking show.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Did did you get the feeling of like... Thanks, Brittany. (laughs) So, today we're pairing this delicious turkey dinner with Brussels sprouts, cranberry sauce, mashed potatoes, with an amazing mulled wine recipe.
0: Side note, we're not eating anything right we, now. We aren't. But, but that meal sounds
1: pretty good that it I just made It does sound up.
0: really good, and we are drinking mulled wine.
1: We are. So, so this recipe has a little bit of a story. I know, Tyler jumping into story time. Deal with it.
0: Unheard of.
1: Uh, so when I lived in Norway, one of my friends, we were hanging out. It was right before the Christmas holiday a lot of people had already gone home for Christmas. I wasn't actually going to be able to get there until Christmas Day because flights are expensive. Yeah. And so it was just a few of us hanging out in the dorms and she made this mold wine recipe that her family had been making for generations. Yeah. She, Her family's from Strasbourg, France, on the eastern side, like basically on the border with Germany.
0: Yeah. Which I really, side note, really want to go there. Mm-hmm. I've heard it's a phenomenal city because this it is gorgeous. very French, very German. It's very and,
1: mountainous. and Yeah, oh, and just like gosh. the
0: combo of all of that. Yeah. Oh, yep. Yeah.
1: Um, so this mold wine recipe that we made today is sort of based off of that. There are a couple ingredients they use that I couldn't find in America. So, yeah, like what? I don't remember.
0: Oh, things that made it special. Yeah, I think... It makes me want to, like, Google a Strasbourg...
1: Yeah, uh, I, like, I, I want to say there was a little bit of, like, real French absinthe in it. Just enough to give it, like, that licorice star, star anise flavor.
0: Yeah, just a um, little kick of it.
1: But, so we don't have that. But this one, and we'll be posting the recipe to Instagram and to Patreon... This one is just a couple bottles of red wine. This time we chose Merlot. Works really well with a cab. Honestly, just like sangria, mold wine is one of those. If you have a cheap bottle or a bottle of wine you're not really into, turning it into a sangria or mold wine is. Perfect because yeah, you you don't want to use a really nice bottle of wine. No, there's no need these. because you're
0: going to be adding things to it. So you just need you know that deep wine flavor. Mm-hmm. But by no means like this is a, we used barefoot for this one, which is yeah. an inexpensive wine. We used the you know one and a half liter bottle. Is that yeah. how big it is?
1: Yeah, it's it's two bottles in. It's one It's two bottle.
0: bottles, and that is some. It's it's perfect for this. Mm-hmm. It makes a really really great mold wine. Um, and anyway, but yeah, don't yeah. don't use an expensive wine. Yeah. It's not going to make your mulled wine better. No. That's not what it's about. It's more about the spices and what you mm-hmm. add to it.
1: So in this mulled wine, we added cinnamon sticks, brown sugar, nutmeg.
0: And ground cloves. And
1: ground cloves. And also some sliced up oranges. Yep. Put it on the stove just until it simmers, then turn the heat down. Let it sit for like 15 minutes. I think ours wind up sitting for like 30. It's also one of those that the longer it sits, the better it is. Yeah.
0: The more the flavors intertwine together and it's, it's really good. It's not super sweet. Mm -hmm. As you know, I think we talked about when we made the sangria, we don't really like sweet drinks. So we, we want some of that wine flavor. So this Mm -hmm. one, it called for, I think one cup of brown sugar and we used about three fourths of a cup instead. Yeah. Um, but again, yeah, we're going to put this recipe on our Instagram mm-hmm. highlights. And, yeah. and um, it's,
1: it's one that, I don't know, the The recipe we have is a handwritten post-it that I made like four or ago, five years ago. Years
0: ago was when we were, much like what happened with the sangria, we mm-hmm. were just at home, I think, during Christmas time. Yeah. And we wanted mulled wine. And you were like, oh. Uh, guys, I have a great recipe, and we yeah. just made it. Um, you can also add a little bit of brandy to mold mm-hmm. wine. We didn't in this one, um, but you you absolutely can to add a little bit more warmth.
1: Oh, yeah. There are a ton of different ingredients. I've seen some that have honey, some that have, like, the star anise flavor. I, I don't like licorice. Um, granted, when I had it in Norway, that it was insane. It was so good. Um, but... There's so many Just like a sangria You can kind of add Whatever you want And yeah. that's And that's one of the things That makes mold wine special Is wine and spices I mean we have yeah. some uh, Pumpkin pie spice In the uh, Pantry That we're thinking Oh maybe a little bit of this But we decided to stick to the recipe Yeah, we down. yeah. But I Cheers Cheers Also we're drinking in a mug So this clink is going to sound weird <laughs> Yep that is weird That's a that weird sad it's
0: not an actual Clink Gosh, I love this. Mm. I've, I've been drinking it since we started recording.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it has. I don't know. I love the, like, nice spices, the warmth. Yeah. Um, oh, it's so good. And if if you've never had mulled wine, this is a great recipe. And
0: it's so easy. So mm-hmm. easy to make. And
1: it's it's one of those to customize it. If you yeah. like things a little sweeter. Or add you're more making brown Gabriel, sugar. Add a little more brown sugar. If you have other fruits you want to throw in go for it. If you have other spices you think might be great in it, go for it. Like,
0: Apples are great in mulled wine as well. Mm-hmm. Um, oranges seem to be pretty traditional, but it's like sangria. Mm-hmm. You really can throw in whatever fruit you want. I mean, I guess yeah. not really.
1: Oh my God. This is Although, the perfect. I don't know. Pineapple could be real interesting. That sounds gross. Um, <laughs> <okay. Well. laughs> that's my thought on that. No, this <laughs> is a perfect time for, again, can't, t- don't know if I've told y'all this story or not, but I'm going to again. Uh, my, my, norwegian glog so oh
0: my god the glog you always bring up that we did want to do for this episode and
1: yeah it can't is, find it yeah. so when uh, i was we should
0: have used your spiced
1: i know wine stuff we're, we'll have that
0: probably we should just, like, like
1: before we leave
0: yeah just, let's like, try that this it week up and,
1: yeah um so when i was in norway i had a bottle of Glog, which is it's kind of like a bottled mold wine. yeah, like that's just already bottled, good to go. But it was apple. like it was uh, like an apple wine, but with spices and stuff. It was absolutely incredible. And Glog is very common in Norway, Sweden, uh, Finland, Denmark, like all of the Scandinavian countries. Yeah, Glog's super popular. and it's basically very similar to a mold wine. Mm-hmm. The one I have been looking for since then has been this apple one because that yeah. one is very very common in Norway. Because it's it's almost halfway between like a hot apple cider and a Muffled mulled wine. wine. It's an apple so interesting.
0: wine,
1: and I have never been able to find one like it.
0: I wonder if that's something you could find somewhere online and get it shipped.
1: I have tried. Wow. I've looked at different so. Importing alcohol from other countries is real tricky. Like depending on the state you're in, you have to be a distributor to actually order it, or right. different laws. And I miss this because it, I bought two bottles: one for myself that I drank when I was over there, and then one I gave to um, a friend and her husband as their Christmas gift when I came visit.
0: Wow, that was real nice of you. Do you do you wish you had bought more bottles?
1: Well, you can only leave with two bottles of wine.
0: From another country?
1: From Norway, specifically. Oh. I think also from Sweden. It's like one liter of spirits or two bottles of wine or I think it's like six beers or something like that. Like it's insane.
0: That is.
1: But yeah, so if any of y'all ever see Apple Glog, let me know. Because when I tell you I've been searching for it, I've been searching. I've been to Total Wine. I've been to World Market. There's a Norwegian village in Washington that I went to specifically asking for this. Couldn't find, couldn't find the it. Still couldn't find it. The Norwegian town here in Texas. Can't find it there. Like, I have been searching.
0: Yeah. And we're going to keep the hunt.
1: <laughs> this is the hill I will die on. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, don't go dying on any heel- hills right Heels. now. Heels. Don't die on a heel. Okay. Um, but before we jump into our cases, just want to do a quick Patreon shout out. Yeah. Um, if y'all haven't checked out our Patreon, we're now doing videos. We've got our murder minis. We've got other content that's there. Um, it's just, it's really fun. So mm-hmm. go take a moment, check it out. And
1: yeah, you can see my pretty face be awkward on camera
0: yes and those videos y'all we don't know how to edit videos so they are yeah
1: they're they're for real real. in the moment um it's one of those we could probably like we could look into it learn how to edit but i kind of like giving you all the real i know i
0: know i like it being raw and unedited
1: i remember in one we posted i like stopped because i misspoke then i was like wait no we're not editing we don't (laughs) okay just continue. I don't know. It's fun.
0: But anyway, um, hop on there. If you want to access all this content, become a subscriber. We have different tiers with different rewards. And yeah, we've got some really exciting things. I know mm-hmm. next week is a Patreon pick episode, which is exciting. Mm-hmm. It's a New Year's episode. So we Absolutely. are, we're all about, you know, communicating with our listeners and giving all just extra fun things. There's a couple extra cold Valley things that we posted Mm -hmm. to our Patreoners. So it's, it's worth it. Definitely check it out. And we love your support because come 2019, we are upping our equipment, we're, like, yes. improving things, like, things are getting better, and it's all because of you guys, so thank you so much, Patreon.
1: Yes, thank you so much.
0: But, all right, well, do we want to go ahead and hop into our cases?
1: Let's do it. All right, so my case is the Covina Massacre. Okay. So, for this, the sources I've I... Have heard of this one? You know, I hadn't either. Apparently, it's one a lot of people have heard of, though.
0: Well, that... You know, sometimes happens to us where yeah. we just flat out don't know.
1: It's true. So the source I used uh, were Wikipedia, Oxygen, eh, which I gave you shit about when you missed you it. But you gave me fine. so much
0: shit last time.
1: <laughs> you know, I'm sorry, but it was a really good source. Yes, it is. Um, and the LA Times. Also, little plug here, apparently Oxygen has a true crime podcast.
0: Oh my gosh, do they? We need to start listening yeah. to it. Yeah.
1: It's like murder and martinis or something like that. That's it? Yeah.
0: Okay, that's cool.
1: So I didn't listen to any of it, but they had a link in the source that was like, oh, to hear more about this case, listen to this episode of Martini Murder. We
0: might need to do that when we um, take our drive.
1: Oh, yeah,
0: that will be fun. (laughs) That sounded really weird the way I said it. When we drive to Oklahoma for
1: Take our drive.
0: (laughs) When we take our weekly drive.
1: Yeah. (laughs) When we go out to the store for milk and eggs.
0: Yes. And bread.
1: Mm -hmm. All right. So, on December 24th of 2008, so Christmas Eve.
0: Yes. And this is 10 years ago, so not too long ago. No.
1: The Ortega family had invited all five of their adult children and their families to their home in Covina, California for... The like family Christmas party. Yeah. Covina is a quiet, low crime community about twenty miles or so east of LA. And they're just you know, they're having a big family get together. Yeah. Like normal. Christmas Eve. Yeah. Yep,
0: normal gathering.
1: So the Ortegas, Joseph and Alice, loved Christmas. And they're older. They're, I think, in their seventies or eighties. Right. Um, they love Christmas. It's their favorite time of year. And they love to spend it with their two sons, James and Charles, yeah. and their daughters, Leticia, Alicia, and Sylvia. Okay. So they're in the dining room of the home, Joseph or Papa Joe, uh, and Alice, who, by the way, they've been married fifty three years.
0: Oh wow. Yeah.
1: And their children, they're all playing a night or they're all playing a game of Texas Hold'em okay. after christmas eve dinner it's late i think it's like 11 at night or so
0: okay yeah 10 or
1: 11 something like that Yeah. so the grandchildren are playing video games and hanging out near the backyard pool but they're all in the front like in the dining room playing poker so on the second floor their 17 year old grandson michael is just hanging out on the computer okay. he's like "Oh, um, I, I just want to do my own thing which fair
0: <laughs> very 17 year old thing to do At 11 p.m. before Christmas.
1: Yeah. So there's a knock on the front door, and their eight-year-old granddaughter jumps up and is happily crying, Santa Claus, Santa Claus. Oh,
0: my God. I don't like how this is going.
1: A couple seconds later, she is shot in the face. (gasps)
0: She's eight!
1: She's eight. By a man who's dressed as Santa Claus at the door. Holy shit. Holding a gun and a wrapped like present in the other hand
0: oh my god
1: um so he just comes in and starts shooting um two of the uncles fell to the ground wounded and the ortegas and the their three daughters dove under the dining room table for cover they're terrified yep Yep. This man just busts in in a santa suit shooting
0: oh my god
1: so this man is Bruce Jeffrey Pardo, who is the recent ex husband of Sylvia Pardo.
0: Oh my God!
1: Bruce started. This is
0: not fair to no. everyone.
1: No, Bruce started firing indiscriminately at the people that are fleeing and running away, and he even stood over and just executed some of the victims who what were the... on the ground. One of the Ortega's sons, Charles recognizes Bruce after he shoots the eight-year-old yeah. child and his older brother, James, and he yells, you know, it's Bruce. Charles then gets shot.
0: <gasps> and and he's the one that said it's Bruce? Yeah. Yeah.
1: So Irma Ortega, who is a cousin to the adult children, because there's, again, like it's the whole family. I yeah. think there was like 30 people or oh so. My, and the they're house. all there. Yeah, maybe 20 or 30. Like, there was a lot of people at the house. Yeah. So, Irma said that James and Charles struggled. They were trying to get up to protect everyone, even after they were both shot.
0: Yeah. Very noble of them. Yeah. Gosh.
1: So, she said, even bloodied, they got up, they stood up, they tried to grab him and stop him, but they couldn't.
0: Yeah. Oh, God.
1: So, the patriarch of the family, Joseph, who was 80. Yeah. And the matriarch, Alicia, who was 70. Yeah. So the two of them and the three daughters are hiding under the dining room table along with their, another daughter-in-law, Teresa. Yeah. Only one of the children would survive. Of oh their children, so gosh. the adult children. Um, that was Leticia, who was the mother of the eight-year-old girl who was he first was shot. First shot. So Letitia ran out of the house, made a break for it after she saw her wounded daughter staggering out of the house. Yeah. So her eight-year-old daughter has been shot in the face. And but she's, still, she's alive? still alive? She's oh still alive. She's still walking. She she gets out of the house, and Leticia sees that and makes a break for it and yeah. runs. She runs over to the neighbor's house and calls 911, and she tells the police dispatcher, I heard the shots. Everyone started panicking and running, and then we all dove under the dining room table and she screamed to the dispatcher i need someone to come over and help my daughter she's bleeding she's been shot in the side of her face
0: oh my god
1: and although bruce did shoot her in the face the uh, child she may have saved herself by turning her head at the last moment so the the bullet struck her in the side of her jaw instead of like full-on through the head
0: oh my god That is just devastating. I I mean I can't believe why why is he dressed up as Santa? Do we get into that?
1: He it doesn't say why.
0: Oh my god. Yeah. Ugh.
1: So some of the adults grab the children and carry them out. Um, Almost all of the younger children were saved because they were in the back of the house at the pool or at the TV playing video games. For that. So they were away on the other side when Bruce came in and started and right started a rampage. so although the eight-year-old girl was wounded as well as a 16 year old girl who was shot in the back the only one of the younger kids that was killed was michael ortiz who yeah. was the 17 year old who was sitting at the computer on the second floor
0: oh my gosh but, i thought he was going to be one that survived because he wasn't in the room
1: well he wasn't shot
0: wait what
1: So, after the shootings, Bruce unwraps the gift package that he had brought with him, and it contained a homemade flamethrower.
0: What the fuck?
1: Yeah. So, he pulls out this homemade flamethrower and sprays 18 gallons of gasoline into the house once he ran out of bullets. Yeah. And he didn't realize that there was an open flame already somewhere in the house. (gasps) So this caused an explosion, which left Bruce horrifically burned. And it set the entire house ablaze.
0: Oh my god.
1: So after the attack...
0: So the flamethrower didn't even go
1: off? I mean, no, it sprayed gas, but he didn't light it. Oh my god. Um, So after the attack, Bruce puts on his street clothes the best he can... Um, and drives his rental car to his brother's house in Silmar, which is about 30 miles away.
0: After, like, he has, like, burned flesh, and he's doing this? Yep. Oh, my God.
1: Yeah. So, at his brother's house, he was later found dead from a self-inflicted gunshot wound, and his brother wasn't home when this happened, so he comes home and finds his brother shot himself dead at his house.
0: And also burned which must leave a lot of
1: confusion no idea what the fuck he just sees his brother dead here so he calls the police yeah meanwhile in covina the police and firefighters are there trying to put out the fire trying to figure out what's going on
0: oh my god
1: yeah. So Bruce had suffered severe third-degree burns on his arms from the blaze and the explosion and the melting of the Santa suit onto his skin. Yeah. From the fire and explosion. Oh, my God. Um. So the next day, on Christmas Day, police are interviewing Letitia, who's the only one of the adults to survive. To survive, yeah. Um. And said that despite the Santa Claus costume, beard, and hat, she knew who the, who the shooter was. It was her sister's ex-husband, Bruce Pardo. Yeah. So the police then go to Bruce's brother Brad's house, where Bruce shot himself. Right. And searched his car, which ended up being the same car that the Ortega's neighbors had seen leaving the street after the murders. Yes. So inside the vehicle, police found a Santa suit and thousands of rounds of ammunition. Whoa! The car had also been booby-trapped to explode if the Santa suit was removed. Whoa. Yeah. How do you
0: do that when you take I, it off? No. Oh, my God. I,
1: I don't know if it was a different Santa suit that wasn't, like, burned and stuff. Oh. I don't know. But, yeah. Oh so, God. the vehicle did explode, but Wouldn't no they? one was injured.
0: Thank goodness. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Dude, this man was messed up.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and I'll get into it in a little bit about, like, the reasoning and stuff, but, yeah, no, it's super fucked up and stupid. Wow. So, once Bruce's autopsy was finished, the investigators were able to conclude that he had committed suicide. Yeah. Because initially there was thoughts: is someone targeting this family? The family. You know, did someone come in... Shoot the family, and then also find Bruce find and, Bruce shoot, and him. shoot him. Were there two shooters, and the other one turned on Bruce? Like they didn't. Oh, uh,
0: that's a good point. Actually, I wouldn't have thought of that as mm-hmm. a possibility.
1: But yeah. So things also could have gone very differently had Bruce's plan actually panned out. Had he not been burned and the Santa suit melted on him, he planned to escape and had bought a plane ticket to Illinois oh yeah he had a friend in illinois that he said that he had spoken to about visiting over the christmas holiday right, so
0: did he kill himself because he was burned
1: he killed i think he killed himself afterwards because he was burned he knew he wasn't gonna be able to get away
0: and, and he was may- like well
1: i can do this now
0: maybe the impact of what he had done and the fact that he'd actually accomplished it yeah was too much
1: Instead of going to the airport after the shooting, Bruce, which was Brothers, which is where he killed himself. Yeah. It's believed by most that the motive for this attack was the recent divorce between Sylvia and Bruce. Yeah. The couple had gotten married in January of 06, so about three years before this. Um, soon, though, they grew apart. Um, there was a, di- a lot of different things going on, a lot of things I saw, like, Apparently, he didn't disclose that he had a child from a previous relationship. Um, Bruce also refused to open a joint account with Sylvia, and he expected his wife to take care of her own three kids with her own finances.
0: Whoa.
1: He was like, yeah, I'm marrying into this family, but they're your kids. You're going to pay for them. Even though he's fucking, yeah, he's, he's absolute trash.
0: What a jerk. (laughs) What a serious, serious jerk.
1: So in June of 2008, Bruce Pardo was ordered to pay $1,785 a month in spousal support um, because they did get the, she filed for divorce and it did go through. Yeah. And when the divorce was finalized shortly before the holiday, shortly before this attack and Christmas, the spousal support ended up being waived because he had lost his job so back in July of 08, yeah. his employer realized that he had been fraudulently billing clients for hours he didn't work, and he was fired. Yep. So he lost a job, wasn't didn't have to make payments and everything, but yeah. Huh. So a reporter was quoted as saying that this divorce shattered Bruce Pardo, and it became his obsession, and Bruce began to plot ways to get back at Sylvia. I think he decided that he wasn't just going to kill her, but he was going to kill everything that she loved and take it and wipe it off the face of the earth.
0: Oh my God. That's too much. Yeah. That is intense.
1: So in the end, nine people were killed by Bruce, not counting himself because I don't want to. Yeah. Um, so the, those that were killed were Sylvia, who was Bruce's ex-wife.
0: Yeah.
1: Alicia, who was Sylvia's mother. Joseph, who's Sylvia's father, Charles, who's Sylvia's brother, Sherry, who was Charles's wife, James, who is Sylvia's other brother, Teresa, who is James's wife, Uh, Sylvia's sister, Alicia, and then Alicia's son, Michael, 17-year-old.
0: Oh my gosh. Yeah. This is, wow.
1: Yeah. This whole family.
0: That's just like a slaughtering. Yeah. Like that's so well, bad. Th- and
1: the only adult to survive was uh her sister Letitia. All of the other kids that were there lost one or both parents. And
0: like, their grandparents yeah. and like their aunts and uncles mm-hmm. and oh my god. This is heartbreaking. Like the the things that people will do out of revenge.
1: Absolutely.
0: Like that is so that's not okay. No. Like, go get help. Do you, not slaughter a family.
1: Because you got divorced because you were a trash asshole? Like, re- really? Like, that. Uh, there's never, ever any excuse to murder. None whatsoever. No. no. But that's your reasoning?
0: Come on. Yeah, yeah, I mean, the like you said, no reasoning is ever good enough.
1: No. And it also, this whole family is like celebrating together. They're having. Their Christmas party yeah. and they're all together happy.
0: And he wanted to yeah. absolutely destroy that, and he did. Yeah.
1: All right. So that is my horrifying fucking holiday Santa murder.
0: Yeah. No. Um, and I hate that he was in a Santa outfit because there seems to be no reasoning for it except maybe no. to gain entrance into the home.
1: Well, and just think about how uh, one of the things that I keep focused on is how scarred that eight-year-old. Must be. She sees oh, yeah. Santa at the door on Christmas Eve and gets shot in the face. Yeah. And, so, no, that. I'm like
0: sure. What her must have her reaction
1: time. been Forever. the next year when she was nine around Christmas, seeing Santa's everywhere? I mean.
0: Yeah. Terror. I'm she sure. She lived,
1: which is wonderful, but this fucker destroyed yeah. their lives.
0: He absolutely destroyed their lives.
1: Mm-hmm. Jeez. So, um, let's. Let's jump into your case.
0: Yes, and mine is not great. And before we do that, I just want to say this mold wine is really good and I really like your recipe.
1: Oh, thank you. You're welcome. Yeah. I I love it. I love mold wine and um just warms yeah, my soul. It does. Well, and we need a break right now. So, you know, 5-minute murder break.
0: 5-minute murder break?
1: To talk about the nice wine because i i need a minute.
0: <laughs> well, and it's gotten some more time to um sit and mm-hmm. like for the flavors to all come together. Yeah.
1: This That's is a really great good. recipe to make like the night before, put it in the fridge and then heat it up the next day.
0: Oh, oh, I've never thought about doing that with mulled wine.
1: Well, cuz our our mom makes wassail, which is a German like cider drink
0: and it's so good so
1: good she makes it non-alcoholic because she makes it for work and that's
0: something real stupid i didn't know Wassel was a german drink Mm -hmm. which i mean as soon as you said that i'm like oh oh my god i'm embarrassed it literally the light bulb just went off but
1: I, mama's german
0: yeah okay well it's (laughs) really good
1: yeah um or at least i don't know who knows what we are
0: the melting pot yeah. I feel like we are the perfect example yeah. of no I take that back I would not say we're the perfect example but mm-hmm. I think we are a great example yeah. of just having a background that's like we're not a significant portion of any type of See, heritage
1: I grew up I don't know who told me or why I thought this but I did. one of our aunts that we had a lot of like northern Italian Swiss like out like really that in us. Mm-hmm.
0: because i've heard a lot family of family from the... like
1: or family in milan area still like that so i was like oh okay that would make sense why we're all pale as fuck but we have a lot of like traditional italian family recipes
0: well and i know we have a lot of irish I mean, for yeah. sure uh german spanish native american like we yeah. very much have a lot of different Things. Another
1: reason why I want to take the ancestry test. I know. I, I want to know how much. I hear so much from other people that, like, you know, we're significantly Italian. No, we're mostly Irish or we're German. Like, I don't know what we are. And um, so I want to take that and be like, are we? Not that that would change anything.
0: No, it's, but, just, it's just knowing. Yeah. It's just knowing what you are because... Yeah, it's it's something that we've never really had answers to, and it'd be fun to have some answers. Like, honestly, with so much of our family being from Texas, I would like Hispanic. to know if we have any Hispanic, you know, any family from Mexico because of, you know, our entire family is from Texas on both sides. And yeah. so who knows how far that could go back.
1: Plus, if we did do one of the genetic testing, the 23rd May or Ancestry or whatever, um, how cool would that be to tie that into golden state killer
0: what if we helped solve a case we already talked about this but i know how cool would that be
1: <laughs> so it's like oh We're my disturbing. gosh your family member's the killer and i'd be like <laughs> but no i want i want to do that and just see because yeah. like, again not that it would change anything but it would be so interesting to know
0: it would be it would be so interesting to know okay yeah. so now into my case yes So, mine is the Los Feliz Murder House. Oh. So, the sources I used, the 13th floor, Vice, Curved LA, because mine is also in LA. Well, hey. (laughs) Atlas Obscura, Daily Mail, Ranker, and Medium. Okay. So, a man named Harold Perelson grew up in New York, and that's where he went to med school. Mm -hmm. But in the 1950s, after he finished med school, he decided to leave for California. Because okay. the opportunities in New York weren't there. He wanted to head out to the West Coast. Okay. He landed a job at the Inglewood Physician's Office, and he was very successful. He published several papers in the field of neurology, and he later became a cardiology professor at USC School of Medicine. Wow. So okay. things are going really, really we- well for Harold, and like his his family life along with his work life was thriving. He met a woman named Lillian Silver and she was another second generation immigrant from the Cuyahoga Falls from Ohio and she's there in California. They get married. They have three beautiful children, Judy, Debbie, and Joel, so two girls and a boy. Mm-hmm. And They're, you know, married, life is going so well, and it's time for them to find their dream home. Okay. And they're out there in LA, they have, you know, money out the butt, basically. Out the butt.
1: (laughs) Money out the gluteus? (laughs) Because we keep it professional here. They have money out the
0: ass. (laughs) There we go. (laughs) I'm sorry. Sorry, I was trying to be a little PG-13. Or pg (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> with the case I just did
1: I don't think um no
0: I don't know so anyway they're looking for their dream home and they're looking in the hills of Los Angeles in this area called Los Feliz so they found this beautiful beautiful home at the price of $60,000
1: oh my which uh, is
0: I... <laughs> half a million dollars in today's money
1: Okay, is it half a million dollars in day's money, or is that house now worth half a million? No, the house is probably worth, like, seven million or whatever. It's
0: probably worth... Well, okay. actually, let me get further into my story before I reveal how much the house is, house is worth now. Oh, okay. So, this was a home, and by the way, just remember the $60,000 they paid for it in the 50s uh, while I read this, because you'll hate it. So, this was a, a house in California. Mm-hmm. He's a doctor. So, this yeah. is, like, fit for a movie star. Hmm, It's nestled in the hills of Griffith Park, which is on the the eastern end of the Santa Monica Mountains.
1: Yeah. I want to go to Griffith Park to the observatory so bad. There's an observatory at Griffith Park. It's on one of the hills. You can see the entire city and the ocean.
0: That sounds beautiful. you,
1: You can see, like, the entire L.A. basin, like, 20 miles of... Oh, my gosh.
0: That sounds absolutely gorgeous. And... That was their home. So they were in the Los Feliz neighborhood. Bitches. And this house, which was at 2475 Glendower Place, had a hilltop view, three stories, 12 rooms, and over 5,000 square feet.
1: You know, today, let's, let, okay, 60,000 is half a million. Today, half a million in Los Angeles will get you like. A two-bed, one-bath, 800-square-foot home that was built in 1945.
0: No, I know. I know. It's sick, because it's like the amount they paid for it when you convert it to today's money is still nowhere near, like, what this would be. disgusting. So this house was built in 1925. It had a a beautiful tilted entrance, a Mm. glass conservatory, a breakfast room. A
1: conservatory. Yeah. Is this the house from Clue?
0: I mean, it may as well be, but that's for later. Oh. Um, There's a breakfast room, a third floor ballroom, and a bar. And it was a Spanish um, revival colonial style mansion. So it's absolutely (sighs) stunning. Yeah. And it's just like so this home is just beyond gorgeous.
1: Uh, Yeah. Sounds like it.
0: Unlike all of the other gorgeous homes around it. It was the site of one of America's most grisly murder suicides. Mmm. At 4.30 a.m. on December 6th, 1959, Dr. Harold Perelson, who's at this time 50 years old, stood over his wife Lillian's sleeping body. Fuck. And in one swift move, he slammed a ball-peen hammer into her head.
1: Oh. Oh, shit.
0: Yeah. Lillian did not even have the chance to scream.
1: Oh, fuck. Because she was asleep. See, if I if I do rank, like, ways to die, I guess, like, or ways to be murdered, like, being shot would probably be near the top of, like, I feel like that's one of the quicker ways.
0: Well, depending on where you're shot. I mean,
1: true. But, like, being bludgeoned?
0: Yeah. No. Fuck. So, he struck her so hard that there was a gaping inch-wide hole in the back of her head, oh. and it turned the pillow like a deep red god. because of all her blood. The blood pooled very quickly, and she eventually drowned in it, and oh. um, so she is asphyxiated to death in her own blood.
1: Oh my god!
0: So he's covered in his wife Lillian's blood, and he moved on to his 18-year-old daughter's room, Judy. He proceeded to strike her as well. However, since it was dark, thank God, uh, it was only like a small glancing blow. Mm. And Judy woke up and she's screaming. She's crying for help, which wakes up her two other siblings, Debbie and Joel. And probably a lot of the neighborhood as well. Yeah. There was one neighbor at the time. Her name was Sherry Lewis. She later reported that it sounded like a wild animal
1: screaming. Oh, my
0: God. She's screaming to her dad, like, don't kill me. He's over her, just saying, lay still, be quiet. Somehow Judy gets away from her dad and she runs into her mother's room to get her mom for help. Oh. Her, her screams, like I said, woke up her siblings who Debbie was 11 at the time and Joel was 13 and they, they wake up and they're trying to investigate what's going on. They don't know why Judy's screaming. Oh. They see their father covered in blood, and he's still holding the um, murder weapon. And he says, this is a nightmare. Go back to sleep. At this point, Judy's joined by her siblings. And this is
1: Christmas Eve, this is happening?
0: No, it was December 6th. So it's Christmas time.
1: Okay.
0: So the two siblings, Debbie and Joel, like, they go and they join Judy, and that's when they stumble upon their mom's room. So Mm. in the time that Judy got away, the dad... Like Harold goes to the other kids' rooms and then the kids get with Judy. They find Mm -hmm. their mom and see, you know, everything that had happened to them. So Judy bolts from the house to get help. And she is frantically banging on neighbors' doors, trying for help. She went to the Lewis house, which was the home of this girl, Sherry, that I mentioned earlier. Mm -hmm. She's banging on the doors. She gets no answer so she starts hammering on the french windows you know and she's covering them in blood because again she's been she's been hit yeah so she's bleeding i mean it could be some of her mom's blood as well on her after she found that scene so she's smearing the windows with blood they never answered the door so she runs to another neighbor's house uh a man named marshall ross he answered together they call the police mm-hmm. and then return back to her family's home because again her, her other two siblings are still there and her dad is still there and so when Marshall and Judy get back it, it's just like this horrific bloody scene and Marshall is like trying to like he's terrified but trying to to, to help these kids to do something in this situation Yeah. Um, Dr. Perelson strode away from his two children and he goes towards the bathroom. And um,
1: so he was like the whole time that, that Judy had ran out, was trying to get help. He was just like sitting there with his two younger kids.
0: I don't know. He didn't hurt them. Um, I don't know what his intentions were or what exactly happened, but he, thankfully he did not oh. hurt Debbie and Joel. But when Marshall, you know, gets to the house and he confronts Dr. Perelson the doctor was just like, you need to go home. Don't bother me. Like, get out of my house. But, like... No! no. Then, Harold... Um, sorry, I keep interchanging from Dr. Faroslin to Harold, so mm-hmm. uh, whatever. The dad, um, Harold, goes into the bathroom. And some reports say that he swallowed a cup of acid. But oh. it, it does show... Um, You know, his autopsy that he ripped open two capsules of Nimbatol, which is a drug that was very popular for suicides and euthanasia. It was actually what um, Judy Garland used and it's what killed her. So he downed those two capsules and he followed it with 30 pills believed to be either codeine or some type of tranquilizer.
1: Fuck. Okay.
0: He walks back into his bedroom where his wife is dead on the bed. Lays next to her, rests his head on the bloody pillow, and his breathing starts to become shallow. So the police had been called. It took them about fifteen minutes to get to the home. Yeah. Um, like to get to the home and to climb all the stairs up to where the house is it took them about fifteen minutes. At five fifteen, LAPD detectives Anderson and Pozo run up the stairs. Before the ambulance could arrive, though, Harold Perelson was dead, and he was still holding the hammer that he'd used to slaughter his wife and try to fuck? kill his why children. That is exactly what I'm about to go into.
1: Okay. Jesus! Oh my God!
0: So this is just a. This, this is an... just an insanely bloody horrific mess.
1: Yeah. And this is in 59. So the kids are like 70 or something today.
0: Yeah. Yeah. God. Why did he do this? Yes. The night of the crime, when police were investigating the scene, they found a book on his bedside table and it was um, Dante's divine comedy. And it was open to Canto one. And there was a quote that said midway upon the journey of our life. I found myself within a dark forest for the straightforward pathway had been lost. This has been seen as potentially evidence of the fact, you know, that he was halfway through his life and maybe he didn't like where things were going. Well, that's a
1: stupid fucking reason.
0: Oh, yeah, totally. Um, At the time of the murder-suicide, investigators, you know, they didn't know what his motive was at that time. But...
1: That's the kind of shit that someone would be like, well, you see, I killed them because, like... You know, I'm 27, so Saturn's return is happening. But, you know, also Mercury is in retrograde right now, so that explains that. That's literally basically what this is, but the 50s version of that.
0: Well, it's not. Only because, like, the the Dante's book being opened is a weird piece of evidence. Yeah. But as they started to investigate further, they found out that the family had been having a lot of financial problems.
1: Oh, okay. Seeing that... Also still stupid, stupid fucking reason. Still stupid. But that that makes more sense.
0: It does. It does. So, Dr. Perelson was an injection specialist, and he had invented this new technology that improved syringes and how they were used, and he sunk a large chunk of money, some of Lillian's savings was into that, and spent years of his life developing this product. However, his partner... Who he made a verbal agreement with swindled him out of the rights to his own invention. Oh,
1: that was And there stupid. was this
0: like bit. I know this is why you always put things. Sign a contract. You y'all. sign a contract. You write it down, y'all. If you don't know this by now, verbal agreements mean shit. Yeah, a gentleman's agreement is not a thing. Get it on paper. Get signatures. Get it, it notarized. Like I, I yeah. promise you, no matter what it is,
1: do it. If it it's involves not,
0: a significant amount of money. Yeah. If not, it's
1: not in writing, if it's not a contract, it's not notarized, then you should just move ahead assuming that that's not going to happen.
0: Yeah. And even if it's with someone that you trust, get it in writing. And if yeah. they don't want to do it in writing, then why are you trusting them? Like, maybe and, it's yeah. not to be trusted. I'm just saying, there's been times in my life where I didn't get things in writing, and I really wish I had. So Oh, absolutely. Get things in writing. So there was this bitter legal battle of course and <laughs> Perelson ended up with just a little over $20,000 in settlement money which was nowhere near as much as he had sunk into this project because mm-hmm. I believe he worked on it for maybe 11 years or something Jesus. like that. And so that that had happened additionally there was a car accident that involved Judy and the younger siblings and it sunk them even further into debt. So in 1957, so this is just a couple of years before the murder-suicide happened, Judy, who at this time was 16 years old, she's driving her siblings around, and they were in a car accident. So Harold sues the other driver who was involved. Like, thankfully, no one was severely hurt, but there Mm -hmm. were medical bills that were involved. And so he sued the other driver. They only got enough money to cover the medical bills, so there was no additional funds. Mm. And again, they're already hurting and judy wrote to her aunt shortly before her father's attack happened in 1959 and she said to her aunt my parents so to speak are in a bind financially around the same time as well so at this time harold had multiple coronaries and Mm -hmm. you know so that again is causing a lot of bills however it later did come out that there were multiple suicide attempts oh and that's so he wasn't at the doctor for what uh. everyone thought he was and it's not atypical for someone who's had suicide attempts to then go after the people who are creating the problem which unfortunately at this time to harold was his family oh my god um it later came out that his wife was going to have him committed um yeah. or you know and that he wasn't cool with that he was like no 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 but she, you know, she was just trying to help him. And it's yeah. very unfortunate that that didn't go through. Yeah. Or, or that she was unable to take action before he did. Yeah. So the real reason why Harold did this is, is not completely known, but that's the evidence that they yeah, were able to gather.
1: Money and family issues. and
0: Money, God, family issues, God. mental issues. Yeah. just. A lot of things that disturbed him, probably coupled with the time of the year and... Oh my the... god,
1: don't murder your family, y'all. Don't do it. Don't murder anyone. Just don't... If you feel like murdering, have a stick of gum. Do that instead. Every time you feel like murdering, have a stick of gum. That's from Futurama.
0: Oh, okay. I was like, that's a real disturbing thing for you to make up right now. No. But someone else already <laughs> disturbingly made that up. Yeah. So, okay, still don't know how I feel about it. But...
1: Also, make sure you always have gum. But
0: always have gum. Um, it is
1: <laughs> lessons from this podcast.
0: <laughs> always have gum. Um, it's not entirely sure what happened to the three kids. They may have been taken in by one of their aunts on their mom's side of the family, but to this day, they've never spoken to media. They've, you know, just kind of completely, yeah. Um, after this happened, they didn't ever want to be associated with this yep
1: fair run. let them they should have their privacy
0: yeah a year after the gruesome murder suicide the mansion was sold to a family Emily and Julian Enrique who only used this 5,000 square foot home as storage site they never actually moved into it really yeah neighbors recall the family bringing boxes there but never staying overnight okay and in 1994 their son Rudy inherited the house. And, like his parents, he never stayed there. Why? He never made any changes. And we have no idea why they did that, but for the next 50 years, the mansion would remain completely untouched and uninhabited by anyone. So when you look through the windows, you would still see the 1950s-style TV, the Christmas tree, and supposedly gifts. Oh erect.
1: my god! From the original
0: family, from the Perilsons who lived there.
1: That's horrifying.
0: Yeah, the furniture is like covered in a thick layer of dust, and the living room is just exactly as it was on that December sixth night. And of course, it's a haunted house in the area, and like any yeah. and like any haunted house, people try to go and visit it, and they want to sneak a glimpse. So even though the Enrique family owned the home, the neighbors were the ones that were there because the, that family was never there. Even, like, Rudy was never there. His parents were never there. Yeah. So the neighbors are the ones keeping an eye on the house and, like, maintaining basic upkeep here and there as far as, like, the grounds are concerned. Yeah. And just because that's their neighborhood. Um, you know, making people go away, all the tourists who are wanting to look at it. they discouraged, any trespassers. But at a certain point, there's a lot that's not in their control. Yeah. You know, that they really can't handle. So... There were sex workers, transient people, and curious teenagers who were all spotted going in and out of the yard. There were, of course, the menacing feelings of the home with the dust that had happened that people said they felt when they were there or around it. Yeah. So that whole typical, like, haunted house. Yeah. Uh, There was even one woman who was bit by a black widow spider while she was attempting to break into the house.
1: Well, don't break into houses. Don't break into houses. Have a stick of gum. (laughs)
0: <laughs> you know, solution to everything is have a stick of gum. Mm-hmm. So Rudy left the home exactly as it was. And no one, again, knows why. Until in March 2016, he passed away. Oh. He did not have any children, no one to inherit the home. So it was put on the market for the first time in 50 years. Yeah. For $2.75 million. Wow. And that, of course, is the willingness to live with this mansion's, like, gruesome past. Yeah, like, You know, you have to fair. know what was going on there.
1: Well, but, and also, if it hasn't been updated in 50 years, you probably need to, like, do some rewiring, plumbing.
0: Oh, I'm sure. Uh, but the house did sell in July 2016 for $2.3 million, And all of the family's things were taken out of the home before it was put on the market. They did finally clean it out. Yeah, uh, The couple who bought the house apparently were not deterred at all by the past of the home um, I mean, or like, the rumors of the haunting. And it's one of those things that, honestly, it's a very personal, like, do you mind if someone yeah. died in this home or not? Like, w- there are people that it's like, oh, I don't really care. And there are people that are like, oh, absolutely not. Don't yeah, honestly, I don't do think I
1: would. I don't think that would bother me.
0: You know, with how many apartments I've lived in, and I know people die in apartments. Yeah. I just don't ever want to know. And, like, the apartment that I'm living in now was built in, like, what, the 60s?
1: Uh, yeah, probably. Someone
0: probably died in here. Probably. Hopefully not, but who knows? Maybe it's that's old. why it went
1: on market when before you moved in.
0: Yeah, because the, the previous owner passed away in here. Mm-hmm. That would be, if they weren't an owner, they were a renter.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Anyway, the family intends to fix the home up, live in it, and, you know, so for the first time since the gruesome night, December 6th, 1959, this home is going to be lived in. Wow. But that is the story of the Los Feliz murders, and uh, a little bit about the house, and Harold and his severe mental breakdown where he tried to kill his entire family.
1: Jesus.
0: And, you know, I will say, I hate the way things turned out, you know, that Lillian did not survive, but thankfully, you know, his thankfully, three children three
1: did. kids did. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, fuck. Happy holidays, y'all. I mean. <laughs>
0: Happy holidays. Don't let it get to you.
1: Hashtag have a stick of gum.
0: Hashtag have a stick of gum.
1: Um, so, I guess post-mortem time? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna say I think I won. Why oh, you don't like that? Because it started with a man dressed as Santa shooting an 8-year-old girl in the face and ended with him burning down the home, killing nine people because well, he hated his ex-wife. Like the
0: And mine was a father who was going through some severe mental issues, bludgeoned his wife to death and tried to kill his children.
1: I mean, the a- girl was shot in the, her face by her uncle. Because remember, he was married into the family. So little girl, I mean, thought it was Santa. But, like, okay. that was also his family.
0: You do, you have a point. Little girl traumatized by Santa for the rest of her life. One yeah. well, the 17-year-old the face, year old boy,
1: survived. 17-year-old grandchild who was burned to death on the upper floor.
0: Which is so sad. Yeah. Because he wasn't even downstairs to be a part of no everything that happened which is fortunate but then still he yeah. didn't make it and yeah uh, yeah
1: and oh also a thing i didn't say in mine but i'll add it here because why not uh 14 children lost at least one parent so, all right well you know just saying
0: all okay. okay you win
1: yay i guess you had Not the yay. more
0: disturbing terrible horrible holiday
1: crime yeah murder. also mine actually happened on christmas
0: murder suicide yes but i don't know But
1: isn't it creepy? is horrifying isn't
0: it creepy how the house stayed as it was for 50 yes. years
1: yes with the christmas tree and everything like that yeah. that creeps me the fuck out
0: and there are some rumors that there was potentially some other people that lived in the home for maybe a year afterward and that's their Christmas tree because um Harold and his family were Jewish, but there are a lot of Jewish families that still do a Christmas tree. So I yeah. mean, it's there's no telling. We're not 100 percent clear. A lot of my resources said very different things, but yeah. still, the house was mostly untouched for 50 years. Super creepy, haunted. Yeah,
1: but oh my gosh,
0: but, I yeah,
1: where are we thinking about this at a, at Christmas? I'm gonna lock the door.
0: You <laughs> always, home, lock, doors. Like, always I mean, lock doors. Always lock doors.
1: I literally never lock the door when I'm home by myself. Like, when I'm in the house. Unless it's bedtime.
0: Yeah, I I'm just, just... like, sitting
1: in the living room.
0: I know, I just... No one...
1: Please no one break into my house.
0: I just looked over at my door and you didn't lock it when you came in. And I don't like that because I do lock my door when I come inside.
1: Wow. Well, also, more... You know what? The reason for that is the fucking patriarchy. Because as a male i can feel safe doing shit like that but because cannot. our society is a giant piece of fucking flaming garbage you i can't. can't
0: yep well it's bullshit. um it's it's, bullshit. it's total bullshit and on that note let's <laughs> just close it out
1: let's close it out so, so uh,
0: be sure to rate us on apple podcasts yes let us know what you think um Give us the star rating as well as a written review. We'd Mm -hmm. love to hear your feedback.
1: Love to hear what you say. And the more reviews we have, the higher up in the rankings we can go. More people are going to be able to find this podcast. Enjoy it. Also, make sure to subscribe on your favorite platform. Yes. Depending on what it is, you'll get notifications every time we upload an episode, which is Tuesday early, early morning, 12.01 Central Time. Yep. Every Tuesday. Um.
0: And also, like and follow us on social. Uh, yes. Shoot us an email, bloodwinepodcast at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. If you have any topics or wines you'd love for us to try.
1: Absolutely. So. So with that, um, I guess everyone have a wonderful holiday and yes. an amazing new year. Uh, which I am going to say, just very side note as we close this out. I said holidays are depressing. Uh, one, these cases, a little bit proof of that. But yeah. I really like New Year's. I, I love the idea of reflecting on all of your accomplishments that you've done over the past year, um, or even just all of the shit you went through that you survived and you made it on the other side of it.
0: You should and totally then, make a list. Yeah. I like... was
1: I was talking with a, I think a coworker who was like, you know, write down all of your big accomplishments, personal, professional, list it out, and then when you're done, take a step back and look at that. Yeah. And you should be like, holy shit. I did that in twelve months, which is not a long time, y'all no nope. uh, I did this, yeah, or I accomplished this or I survived this like it as someone who struggles with depression all the time, stuff like that is so important. it is to realize to realize how much you have accomplished and as that you're a fucking rock star
0: absolutely, and sometimes it takes just writing that down and being able to see it
1: absolutely, so so. And also the idea of I've done all of this in 2018, 2019 better get fucking ready because I'm going to do that and more.
0: Here I come.
1: So I like New Year's.
0: I do too. New Year's, (laughs) restart, love it. All right. well. Well, thank you all so much. XOXO. Blood
1: and Wine signing off.
0: Bye. Bye.